This is episode 100 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen's ego. You know, the ego comes in and, and, and you're dealing with these things. And Steven Johnson's inner gremlin. It's not that the inner gremlin is overtaking me. It's more like I have become the gremlin. Today, the guys talk with Kim and Curtin, the Wall Street coach. I don't think our ego is bad or wrong. I think our ego is built to help us survive. Kim is full of wisdom and experience. That lowercase ego can also be identified as an inner gremlin or an inner saboteur. And that is the one that gets very uncomfortable when anything starts to look different. And if this episode doesn't speak to something deep inside of you, then maybe you have become your inner gremlin too. No, I am a gremlin. I just want to make other people gremlins too. It is out of... (laughs) Enjoy. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast in what will be a golden, golden episode for many, many traders who haven't quite found the steps to become profitable or consistently profitable. Uh, We have Kim, who we've interviewed, who's a specialist. She's dealt with top, top Wall Street traders. She's turned them around and they've been traders who've had negative kind of thought patterns. And she teaches us kind of how how to monitor our emotions from a neutral point of view. Uh, to get out of bad cycles. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, this is, is a great, great podcast. I'm proud of this one because of the fact that I don't know, you know, obviously we talk about emotions a little bit in these podcasts, but, uh, you know, I don't think we get into the really in-depth of it, you know, and, and that is something that, that Kim really focuses on is emotion the ego. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's pretty cool to really get into that because I admit we, you know, we hammer the chart, we hammer the fundamentals, we hammer all these things, but you know, at the end of the day, it's you in the mirror making these trades and emotion comes into play so often, especially for that new trader. No, and and it's and what is particularly good about this podcast is it it answers the unanswered questions why am I not, why am I not cutting this loss? Why am I trading in this slump? Why do I not learn from mistakes? These unanswered questions begin to get answered uh, in the podcast. So I fully recommend you check it out all of the way through uh, for, for a killer, killer episode. Yeah. And some of the things that, that, that I enjoyed the most was, you know, I, 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 uh, I always like to take little tidbits and, and, uh, you know, she, we talk about trade plan all the time. She talked about having a prenup with a trade because, and I love the way she put it because, you know, Hey, we've all been there. You see this stock that's moving fast, that emotion, you're fired up. It's kind of like the dating phase, you know, everything's new and exciting. And then she's like, wait, put that prenup in place for after you're in that trade and maybe things aren't quite what you expected, but you've got the prenup in place. And I I love that kind of iteration of the trade plan that we talk about all the time. Yeah, for sure. And and hold me accountable. And what I would like to do is I've I've just topped, I've funded my account. What I'd like to do is, is come back to this in a couple of weeks and say, does the methods that she's, she's put out there, do they work? Do they work first time? Do, Do you need more coaching? I'd be interested to see after you listen to this and you've, and you've put her methods into practice, have they worked for you? Do you feel like you need more guidance? And I'll certainly in a few weeks say how the process has or has not helped me. So in summary, the, our guest today is Kim Ann Curtin. Uh, all the links will be below, but if you're, say, you're driving and listening to this, her website is thewallstreetcoach.com and her book is Transforming Wall Street, A Conscious Path, for a new feature. We think you will really enjoy this episode. Hey there, Steady Trade listeners. Now, we all know that Tim Bowen is the lead trainer for Stocks to Trade. But how many of you listeners actually use Stocks to Trade? Have any of you never even tried it at all? Well, if so, today you're in luck because Stocks to Trade is now offering a 14 day trial for only $7. Now, this means that for the price of a pretty good hamburger, you can spend two weeks of your time getting familiar with the platform to see if it's really as good as people say it is. And people say it's pretty good. My name is Luis from Los Angeles, California. I'm a brand new trader. I've been using Stocks to Trade now for just a little over a year. I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, It's definitely a program created for traders by traders. 
very fluid, highly intuitive. Um, it's got amazing pre-market scanners, and the best part is that you can even create your own screeners. Uh, so for a newbie like me, it's nice having those training wheels and also the opportunity to kind of learn on my own and grow from there. So if you're not a stocks to trade user, I highly recommend that you become one. But here's the best part. If you sign up for this 14-day trial, you'll also get access to Stocks to Trade University, the learning hub, where you can watch 14 videos with Tim Bowen walking you through each feature of the platform. So if you haven't tried Stocks to Trade, take advantage of this 14-day promo while you still can. Go to the website, stockstotrade.com forward slash 14-day trial. That's stockstotrade.com forward slash 14-day trial. All run together one word. Go take advantage of this promotion today. The data provided during the trial period is provided by NASDAQ last sale and does not offer OTC, BB, or Level 2. This promotion is for new users only. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. We've got a, another guest today, and it is Kim Curtin. And I'm just going to kind of quickly read the bio from her website. I'm excited about this uh, this interview because, you know, I'm always, well, Stephen and I both, and, and I think a lot of the listeners are always about improvement, you know, getting better, trying to be the best version of ourselves and thereby the best trader we can be. And, uh, you know, Kim focuses on executive performance coaching for traders. And um, she runs a uh, executive coaching and strategy firm with coaches in the U.S., the U.K., and Dubai. So we're going to try and get uh, Stephen possibly meet up with one of her coaches. And, uh, you know, she's been in this for a lot of years and, and really focuses on improving traders, especially from the aspect of, of performance and coaching to be the best leader and trader they can be. So welcome, Kim. And, uh, you know, kind of want to just get right into it. Give us, maybe start out with a little bit of your background, and then we'll just kind of go through and, and see what you could offer and, and, and what your expertise is. Sure. Thank you for having me today. It's fun to be here. You guys are a lot of fun. I watched and listened to some of your other podcasts. Um, I think, you know, my background is kind of eclectic. Uh, I graduated from the Fashion Institute of Technology, believe it or not. Uh, I went into finance because I wanted to make money. I read Investment Biker by Jim Rogers, uh, was supportive of my family. My mom was really sick at the time. And I thought that, well, that's where the money is. That's where I better go. Uh, and then I really started to just fall in love with the people, the intellect, uh, the discipline, all of that. I've been really inspired because now I live in Hawaii, you know, I'm not around that excitement as much anymore, obviously, but I watch billions like all the time to get my fix of what it was like. And uh, I'm so excited to have that show for my brand too and my business because it shows you really accurately what coaches do. You know, they help you get out of your head and kind of get into a place of self-awareness. So I think that show has been really helpful to show people, men, especially in the finance world that, you know, even the best of the best need somebody outside of themselves. So I, I went up hiring a coach myself. I was in finance for about 10 years, worked at uh, one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. And, uh, you know, really just didn't feel I was fulfilling what I felt I was here to do. Uh, I loved the position. I loved the strategy aspect of it. Uh, I certainly love the people, certainly love the money, but I felt I was here for more. And I had been exposed to coaching and hired a coach and had a transformative experience and really felt called to become a coach. So I started out a year and a half before the 08 crisis. Uh, it started out pretty good. I was, you know, getting clients in the door, no problem. But then, you know, September of 08, it was not pretty. I was putting you know, groceries on the credit cards. It was really scary. And I had walked away from a massive salary. So I was like, shit, now what? Excuse me. Um, <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I was like, now what do I do? And, uh, and basically I had a really, I don't know if you remember that guy, uh, one man, he did the free hugs movement across the globe. He was like doing free hugs and all the different countries. I, I don't, I don't remember that, but that you, sounds you like, sounds like something it's, right up Stephen's alley, actually. It's so much fun. Like this came, this really was like 14 years ago and it just kind of took off and people started doing free hugs movements everywhere. So I started a free hugs movement in New York. We did it the Sunday after Thanksgiving Columbus circle. Cause we thought that was like a hug. You know, you just give people hugs. That's it. It was just connection. Right. And, um, 
you know, I had done that already a couple of years in a row and I was struggling now this summer of 08 and I was talking to a friend about it, you know, what am I going to do? And he was like, you know, the free hugs movement, what if you did free coaching? And I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy, but maybe I do it. And I thought, well, where do they need it the most? And I thought, geez, you know, Wall Street's tough on a good day. Sure. What, what are they like right now? This must not be a good, they must not be in a good place. So with a very fancy outfit, like I wore my cashmere sweater, cashmere pants, white coat, like I went and looking good. I sat on a bench with a sign like Lucy that said the coach is in. And I just happened to sit there the first day, the day the market crashed, October 7th, 2008. Oh, wow. Interesting. And people started to come up to me. Probably right minds never would have approached me, but they just were like, they would have talked to a lamppost that day, you know, they were just <laughs> in their own experience. Uh, they were getting fired on the spot, you know, over the next few days and weeks. And, uh, and ultimately I got interviewed by a couple of reporters that started to call me the Wall Street coach. And I was like, hey, that is a really hot brand. So that's sure. how it all started. And I knew those people. I thought, why didn't I, couldn't have thought of it of my own, but it was one of the, and plus it would take a lot of moxie to call myself that, but to have them call me that. And I was like, of course, I know these people like the back of my hand. I've just worked with them for 10 years, now 20. And uh, that's how it all began. So that's my background. Um, no, I mean, I mean, and I think it's a, it's an extreme, extreme privilege uh, for the listeners that, that they might not actually know, but you've, you've gone on to, to coach top, top Wall Street traders. And yet, what a privilege it is for us to have you on the podcast to, uh, to, to teach a lot of the degenerate traders. Uh, and <laughs> like me, like me. <laughs> and and like, like Tim Bourne was. So, I mean, the million, the million dollar question before we get too much into your story is, what for a failing trader who is repeatedly making the same mistakes, who has the knowledge, who feels like they've put the study and time in over a few years, how do you get them out of that slump to stop burning the hand on the stove repeatedly? What, what is the process of recovery? The process of recovery is to first become self-aware. You know, we, I think I, even the way, you know, you're kidding around with calling yourself or them degenerates, like that is not going to help. I'll say that right now. So the key here is you can't make yourself wrong because what happens when somebody starts to make you wrong, when somebody, including yourself, or you start to make yourself feel bad, you know, instantly you start to get defensive. You start to put your hands across your chest. You start to be like, well, I, I this, that, and the other thing. And that all takes you away from self-awareness. So what would it be like to say, wow, every time I've done that, it blew up in my face. What is going on inside of me that kind of has me repeating the same process over? If you can look at it with neutrality, if you can look at it with curiosity as opposed to judgment, that's the first step of being able to identify what the pattern is. Ultimately, it's probably something to do with your ego, something about your ego that's saying you have to uh, look a certain way in front of the world, in front of your you know, family. You're, you're shaking your head, so I'm going to pause. What, what's going on for you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking my head with goosebumps to think you know what you're talking about and you may be <laughs> getting to the root of some serious problems that I've been having. <laughs> and I feel like I'm on the verge of enlightenment. <laughs> you, you know, and, and I think... <laughs> Already? And, and I, want you, I want you to continue on that thought, but, you know, something that, that comes right to mind and, and I think what Stephen's getting at. So what Stephen tried to do, you know, and, and he's still working on it is he was going to publicly journal, I guess is the right term, the journey of learning to trade. And, and yeah. I think, and, and not, not to critique Stephen, but I think that some of the roadblocks he's run into <clears throat> specifically based on the fact that he was doing this in the public eye. Yeah. And as you mentioned that, you know, the ego comes in and, and, and you're dealing with these things from outside forces. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's why Steven was, was shaking his head. So. No, no, I'm just, you know, I, yeah. just, just people can't cut losses, right? People can't cut losses. People can't let a, a loser go. Uh, I'll let it, the con cut a loser or the, the whatever it is. But what you are getting to was really interesting. You're saying it's something to do with the ego. Can you go in more depth to that? Because it's going to answer a lot of people's uh, problems. Sure. You know, 
I think the ego is made in this culture today kind of wrong. Like we've been taught men especially as if their ego is somehow bad or wrong. I disagree with that theory. I don't think our ego is bad or wrong. I think our ego is built to help us survive. And so the motive ultimately of the ego is to help us uh, cope with whatever shows up. The challenge is that ego is not the only thing that's talking to us. You know, the, they call it the capital E ego and the lowercase e ego. The capital E ego is kind of the enlightened self, the intuitive self, the self that is able to not be attached to results. The lowercase ego is the ego that tells us we're only worth something if we succeed, if we make money, if we have a good trade. That lowercase ego can also be identified as an inner gremlin or an inner saboteur. And that is the one that gets very uncomfortable when anything starts to look different. So sometimes even failure is more comfortable than success because failure is something, you know, they say the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. So, so the, the key here is self-awareness, right? Don't, don't even worry about whether it's your ego or not. Like, what, uh, are you self-aware? Do you happen to see patterns in the way you uh, trade? Do you see patterns in what happens, how you feel about yourself? What do you say to yourself when the, the shit hits the fan? That's the place you want to bring curiosity for you to begin then to back up. I say, you know, pretend you're on top of a mountain, looking down at your life, looking at, down at your trades, looking down at the patterns and see, wow, that seems to be the, always the path I go. I wonder what's behind that. You don't want to say why, because that elicits justifying and defending, but you want to ask yourself, what is going on? What is behind this? What's my motive here? Looking good in front of an audience that's watching me? Who wouldn't want to look good in front of an audience? I mean, that's a human tendency. We all do. But the point is, that is usually happening within somebody's head, whether they do it public or not. And that's where we can get into trouble. But, but how do you get around that? Because 99% of people, ultimately, they just don't want to fail. And the thing, if I can just get through this, if I can just ride this storm, ride this bad trade out, and hopefully it'll turn out to a good trade, on the next one, maybe I'll not make the mistake again. But people, so people that's, just that hopefully, in the that's your key right there. As soon as you start to speak, hopefully, you, you have to know what your, what your, you know, they, the famous phrase is you have to have a prenup with your, with everything you're potentially investing in. You have to decide that not when you're in the midst and I like that. I'm, I'm going to steal that. I like that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've never heard that. I like that though. <laughs> I'm, I'm positive that you've, uh, you know, it could be from Barry Riddles. It could be from five other people, but I've heard that many times to sign that prenup before because you're, when you're in the throes of the emotion, you are going to be completely uh, not yourself. And, and there's also some, you know, biological things happening as well, especially to men. It, it happens to women too as traders, but it, it, you're going to have, especially if you're on a success pattern, you're going to have a release of testosterone. You're going to have a release of hormones. Uh, hormones are not just for women, they're for men too. And all of these things physiologically are also impacting you. So if you're having a really excellent trading day, you may not be able to see that you have kind of just started to roll down the hill uh, like a snowball gathering speed. And it's really hard to stop yourself when everything physiologically is in that direction. Same thing when you have a lousy day. When you have a lousy day, what happens? You start to become even more lousy because the physiology starts to follow in suit. So if you, if you start just at self-awareness, I would say start to keep track on it. it what, what could be excellent about your uh, investigation, Stephen, about people watching you is speak also about what's emotionally happening for you because then that becomes your diary for yourself. Today, this is what I was feeling. This is what informed my choices. And then when this started to happen, I started to feel X, Y, Z. Those would be the things I'd capture to start to see my patterns. See, and yeah, I, I tell you, you know, something you know, we, we, we talk about all the time is tracking, 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 you know, taking notes. And I will admit, um, out of out of 100 podcasts, I'm fairly confident I have never told someone to wrote, write down their emotions. I've told them a million times, the chart, the news, you know, what is going on with the trade, your plan. But I, I admit, 100 podcasts in, never. I'm pretty sure have I ever said, write down what you're feeling. And, and I think, but I think it's a great point. So, 
It's ma massively important because all of those emotions are ultimately in a window into your state of mind. And your state of mind is exactly what is informing that choice to keep putting your hands on the hot stove, as you said, Stephen. Uh, the, the other thing too, you know, one person that I interviewed in my book, Transforming Wall Street, you know, there's my book right there, um, is a book that talks about the inner voice of trading. This is by um, Jason Apollo Voss. He talks about how he emotionally had to step into neutral. He gives a great example when I interviewed him for my book, at the beginning of any kind of conversation he has with a small group of people, he'll ask them to take note of the temperature in the room. Now, when you hear that, you know, you're like, well, it's too cold, it's too hot, it's this, that, and the other thing. But if you go back to what he said, it's a very neutral request. Take note. He didn't ask you to make a judgment about it. He asked you to just notice. And that's ultimately what I'm suggesting to you. The reason I bring him up is he basically speaks about how he had to learn how to step into a place of neutrality for his decisions. But his decisions around what, where to pull the trigger and where not to was like one of the most, he was one of the most successful of all time in his choices at the time when he was at this investment firm. And it was because he was able to step into neutrality as opposed to be emotionally triggered. It takes practice. It's not going to happen overnight, but at least knowing that you are an emotional being in spite of your best efforts, efforts to not be, uh, starts the journey more powerfully so, for yourself. So, I mean, uh, I've just, I've got to put this to you then. So you'd say in, in your, in your experience, uh, people who are generally more emotional, uh, looking at people who are more emotional compared to people who are uh, much more composed, would you say the more emotional traders were the ones who struggled? The emotions are on the inside. It, 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 you, there are people who look very much like a robot who are still having an emotional experience inside. They, they may, if they are coming from it's not externally emotional. We all are, are emotional beings. A lot of people sometimes are numb. That's an emotion too, right? Numbness or disconnect from being connected to your emotions. That is also an emotion. There's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a shout out for a documentary called The Mask You Live In. It's a movie about the cultural kind of conditioning that boys and men go through and how you guys are really, you know, I, I don't know how much I can curse on this, but I curse a lot. So, you know, how kind of Help screwed yourself. you guys are, you know, you, you guys are kind of screwed from day one because even when you begin to show uh, any signs of challenge or emotions that are not happy or uplifting, uh, you're kind of alienated from your brothers. You know, you, you see and listen to these young boys and men in this documentary and they talk about how, you know, when everything's going good, you got your guys, you got your bro bros, you know, but as soon as the shit hits the fan, as soon as something's kind of negative, you're on your own. You got no guy to talk to because God forbid you, you know, show any kind of a feeling, then you're going to be perceived as weak. And that really kind of gets in your, your way for guys because they think, oh, if I show any emotion, even to myself, admit it out loud to myself, I'm going to somehow not be a man, not be, you know, successful. And that is all just complete misinformation. Yeah. I mean, I would say the advice that you give and when you speak about the state of neutrality, it seems to be borrowing practices from Buddhism. This idea of not of just noting things, but not actually attributing any emotional connection to them. You know, we, we can't say it wouldn't be attributing emotional connection to them. It's, it's noticing how you're triggered. So yes, I would agree. It does sound a lot like Buddhism. I also would say it's something called more emotional connection. It's a being able to, I got, I, I don't know if you know what Vana is or a sea urchin. Uh, they're, they're not pleasant. You don't want to get stung by one. I got stung with one this Saturday. I, I do outrigger paddling. I was at a canoe race, uh, outrigger paddling race, and I stepped, uh, you know, somehow got vomit in my foot. The pain was excruciating. I don't think I've ever physically had so much pain before. I've also never given child childbirth. I've never had childbirth, never had a child. So maybe that's worth, but this was pretty damn awful. And <laughs> adoring the experience of it, you can imagine I was having a lot of emotion, but physical pain. Uh, I was having, you know, I think I was also going into shock, 
but I had a really good friend who come over to me. She knows I'm a coach. And she said the perfect words to me. She said, be the observer. So even though I was physically in the pain, in the pain of my foot, holding on, you know, experiencing physiologically all that you do when you're going through some kind of a physical emergency, I also was able to sort of come out of it and observe myself. Where was I sitting? How was I feeling? Who was coming to, over to help me? So it's not like I didn't have the emotions, but I simultaneously had the quality of observing all of these emotions. That's the piece that I'm advocating. Uh, okay, so I mean, just just for me to relate this to a lot of the other traders who are all, a lot of the time making the same mistake over and over again, for me to understand the advice is kind of like when you open in the market, you're constantly observing your emotional and your emotions to so think, oh, I'm I'm excited, or why am I excited? Oh, I feel tense. Well, why do I feel tense? Do I feel tense because I have something to prove? Why do I have something to prove? Is it kind of going down that path with yeah. yourself? Yes, I think the only word I've changed there is instead of why, ask what. What is a much, if you he, hear the energy of like, why are you like that? That, that is an energy of like, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, maybe because of this. Whereas if I said to you, what might be going on for you? Do you hear the difference? There's a different energy behind, behind what versus why. But, but so what is the end of the what? path? What is the end of the path the, that you get the, down to? The end of the path is noticing that you're driven by qualities that take you out of the place of neutrality where you can make yeah. your, uh, every time I've made this choice, I've gotten burned. And yet I consistently am tempted to go it again. Isn't that fascinating? That's how we begin. And then you start to say after a while. Because I'll, I'll admit, I, you know, like, like yeah. when, you know, one of my big, uh, you know, going back to that ego is I mean, I am notorious for very, very critical and very, very negative self-talk. You know, I've, I've said it on this podcast before. I mean, if, if, if anybody said the shit to me that I say to myself, Correct. I'd probably, I'd be in a fight 10 times a day. I mean, Correct. I mean the shit I say to myself. So this is, is great. And, and, and yeah, keep going because I don't want to think about how, how I could get gremlin. myself. Yeah. I, I can't say enough about that book. Get the book, Taming Your Gremlin. Okay. Because that, that inner gremlin is, is keeping you stuck. It's keeping you stuck in a pattern. You know, your, your inner gremlin meant well at some point in your life. You know, we all come from a, a certain kind of experience in our childhood. And that childhood kind of sets the path of a voice that keeps us safe. You know what? When I do this, that happens. That doesn't feel good. So I better avoid that, right? So we all have whatever the, that situation is. And so that gremlin gets kind of smart after a while. And they're like, you know what? You better not do that because every time you do that, this shit happens. So better avoid it. But what happens is then you grow up. You're no longer in that environment with the same, you know, dynamic of people. And now that voice is still kind of running the show. So what I say to people is if you hear the words, you know, would, should, or could, you know, your gremlin is talking. It isn't your inner voice, but that is a problem because if you are trading based on your inner gremlin, you are so fucked. It's not even funny because it doesn't want you to potentially have the success you want to have. It wants you to stay in this circle that it knows because that's the place it can keep control of the situation. If you start wandering out here into other parts of the forest, it's like, I don't know what to do with this out there. Anything could happen. And this is usually the dialogue that happens within the head. No matter how successful they are, people have that inner voice that could be negative. When you, when you mention the gremlin and you talk about the inner gremlin, sometimes I get worried that I'm not, I'm not, it's not that the inner gremlin is overtaking me. It's more like I have become the gremlin. I am the gremlin. You, you, I am that's, what you, that's what your gremlin wants you to think. That <laughs> it's already, just tells it's, it's already you, happened. It's happened. You know, it <laughs> it hasn't, Stephen. It hasn't. You know why? Because you <laughs> can even identify that. That tells me it hasn't taken you over, but it wants you to believe it because if it, if it has you believe that it has taken you over, then you will potentially just sit back and let it drive your bus for the rest of your life. But it's, it's not true. 
It's, I feel like I need an exorcism because it doesn't just blow up trading accounts. It makes us drink too much alcohol. It makes us eat, it makes <laughs> yes, us eat it McDonald's. Does. Yes, it does. <laughs> it makes Damn us be hedonistic. <laughs> Absolutely, it does. I would agree on all accounts. Now, it, now I am a gremlin. I just want to make other people gremlins too. It is yeah. out of <laughs> so so what i'd like you know is, is um and, and and i love that discussion i think it's really helpful so what what you know you know so you talk about you know asking these questions and observing mm-hmm. you know do i and i'm asking for me and hopefully yeah. the listener you know you know because yeah. i'm always looking to improve but do I write these things down? Do I just take note of it? I mean, what's the, what's like the best I practices? I would write it down. I would okay. write it down, not even in your computer, but like old-fashioned pen and paper. Like, because yep. putting putting something literally through your hands onto a piece of paper, writing it out just helps you kind of cognitively more connect with what's happening. And yeah, I would I would take note just every morning before the trades begin. Like when you sit down at your desk, What's going on for you? You know, I'm ticked off because my wife yelled at me about not taking out the garbage or I'm feeling fantastic because last night we had sex or whatever the hell's going on for you. Like put it down. Like the kids tomorrow, this morning wouldn't get their shoes on and get on the bus. Whatever has just happened, I'm feeling discouraged. I'm feeling scared. I got to make some kind of money before the end of these next two months. Whatever's going on for you, note it. And then see if you can't find a pattern yourself because undoubtedly there is one. So you want to get in tune to what are your patterns? What are the triggers? Is it something that happens that comes across your screen? Is it an email from somebody? Is it listening to your this podcast that somebody starts to doubt themselves and goes, oh my God, I better look at this, that, and the other thing. Just start to notice all the kind of ways you respond and react to things. You react, right? We rarely respond. We almost always react. And unless you are able to come from a place of neutrality, you're not going to succeed as a trader. There's just a guarantee on that because it is a very unemotional process and we are emotional beings, whether we like it or not. Okay. I mean, so we've talked about awareness of emotions. We've talked about finding the state of neutrality. We've talked about how you should recognize what your triggers are. So for example, the next thing that I guess would be important to talk about is how to rectify those triggers once, once you've spotted them. So mm-hmm. to give an example, say you have gone through a pattern of losing trades mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your thought is, I'm going to gamble on this. What, what is the reason I'm going to gamble? It's because I'm sick of losing. So I'm just going to blow this account up and then I don't have to deal with trading anymore. How, yeah. how would you fix so, that? So that's a great example. Well, I would say, ask yourself what is going on that for you to potentially, if you don't want to do it anymore, what's the, what's the issue with just saying, I'm not going to do this anymore? Like, what do you have to go out in a blaze of glory for? Like, wh- what if you just, before you pull that, that last trigger, you, you know, to, to, that's like being some, uh, you know, there's, what do they say? There's, um, in, in, in Vegas, like when people gamble, they say that there are, you know, professional uh, gamblers and there are professional players, right? The people that are emotionally, did, did you see uh, Molly's Game? I don't know if you saw Molly's yes. Game. Yeah, it's good, such good a great film. movie, right? So that scene where you've got that professional guy who's totally in, unemotional the whole time, who's making all this money, then he gets caught up in that game where they kind of like, you know, play, play on him. And he loses his ability to stay neutral. That's the moment when you know he just keeps betting and betting and betting, even though he's on that losing streak. And as the audience, you're watching this guy and you're like, dude, you've lost your neutrality. As soon as you realize you've lost your neutrality, step away from the machine, step away, back up and say, okay, I have to go be with whatever's going on for me. Because if I let that go through me as I start doing my trading, then I'm guaranteed to fail. And, and really, this is all reference and before we've even took a trade. I mean, how do you handle the emotions of being in one? Because no doubt you can start in a neutral state in a trade. What happens that's when it's... Why, <laughs> that's why the prenup has to be signed before the emotions start. You have to look at this from a logical perspective, like it's a chess game. You have to say, what is my strategy here? And as soon as your strategy shows that it's not working, then you get out. You have to 
say, okay, this is not going the way I thought it would. This was the amount I was happy to, you know, once it got to here, I was going to back out. And then when it hits there, you have to be a man of your word. You know, if you're not a man of your word, what are you? So you've got to be someone who decides, okay, this is where I'm committed to coming back out. This is when I know I have the temptation to potentially stay there and get a beating. So that I'm going to commit now to myself, you know, to be a man of your word. I'm, I'm, I love uh, Jordan Peterson and yep. in the Big 12 fan. rules of Big life. Fan. And yep. he's just, he talks all the time about being, you know, a man of your word. So be a man of your word for yourself. And if you notice that it's really hard for yourself, get curious about what that's about. There's, there's a whole bunch of story you're attached to. And if you're attached to a story, that, that's the other thing Barry Riddle says in, in my book, there's, a, there's an interview. He says, you know, when he talks to mom and pop advisors, he, he tells them, you know, stories are what sell stocks. Stories are never what help us make money you know, in our investments. So you, in that moment, if you're not listening to yourself, you are ultimately, you start, you know, if you're listening to your non-emotional prenup beforehand, then what's happening is you start telling yourself a story. Well, would you start watching a Disney movie in the middle of your trading day? What's the difference? The story now is your Disney movie of how everything actually is. I have, this has to work because I need this to work. Like, well, that's like watching, you know, freaking Cinderella. I'm sorry, but that's not going to get you where you want to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that point about, you know, again, being a man or, or woman of your word. And, you know, that's something yeah. I, I, I preach constantly in these podcasts and webinars and stuff is, you know, I talk about, especially as a new trader, just, just right back to writing stuff down, yeah. write what you're going to do. So, yeah. again, I'm stealing your term, the prenup. So, yeah. write, literally write that prenup that says, this is what I'm going to do if this, if this trade doesn't work. And then you just, I mean, you know, ultimately it just has to be you and say, I will do this. I will do what I said. I'm, if, if I said I'm going to lose a hundred on a trade, if I said I'm going to lose 500, if I said I'm going to lose a thousand, that's all I'm going to lose. And I'm not going to turn this hundred dollar loss into a thousand dollar loss because that wasn't what the prenup said. Correct. And you can also take a look, I would say, even before you start trading, or presumably this is maybe your second or third time attempting to go down this path again. So ask yourself, what kind, how do you handle crises? How do you handle when, you know, the kid spills orange juice all over uh, something that's really important that morning? Steven, Steven handles it with, with, with drinking typically. So. <laughs> Look, when, I mean, yeah, when, when he sees someone he spill orange juice, he takes a shot. So. <laughs> so like that's a really honest answer right maybe maybe it's true maybe it's not Stephen for you but the point is why would somebody choose to numb right why would somebody choose to numb numb with alcohol numb with any kind of thing like we we numb, we can numb with exercise we can numb with work we can numb with trading if we're numbing that tells us we have a whole bunch of feelings that are not pleasant to feel so the other work that I'm a huge fan of is something called nonviolent communication, NVC. And it basically identifies what we all have human needs. So this, this could be part of something to your, your audience could look at. You know, we, we all have a different collection of needs. Uh, I, I have the need for freedom. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. I have a need for security, but more than security, I need freedom. So if I'm not getting my need for freedom met, I'm going to have some hard to be with feelings like potentially uh, apathy, frustration, anger, depression, if I don't get that need met because it's a non-negotiable for me. It could be that some of the traders have the need for excitement, the need for adventure, and that could be part of what's informing them. And if you don't get that need met, uh, then you're going to have hard to be with feelings. And when you have hard to be with feelings like anger, depression, apathy, frustration, disappointment, hopelessness, when you have those for a continued period of time, guess what? You're going to numb because nobody can be with those emotions for a really long period of time. Now, now that, that's, that's really interesting. So do you have a, so, so again, I think a lot of uh, you know, you know, because day trading attracts young men, you know, mm -hmm. I think, I think a lot of young men are attracted for the action, the excitement, etc. So do you, do you have and a book or, yep, yep. Do you have a, a book or a recommendation on like how, how do, you know, how does, how does, okay, some 22 year old guy who's coming mm -hmm. to the markets for action, 
how does he identify that? You know, you know, well, I mean, there is something called the universal needs list, you know, and, okay. and okay. if they want to email me, I can send that to you. Perfect. The universal needs list <clears throat> helps you become more self-aware, helps you identify what are your non-negotiables. Um, and I do think that's a big part of the appeal besides the, the potential cash out, right? They, they think, wow, I could make a lot of money here. I, they undoubtedly all have the need for freedom because they don't want to have to answer to the man, right? So, so there's a lot of needs they're getting met in that but it's possible their need for security uh, isn't, it's clearly not gonna get met. I, I can't imagine that's a need you'd really get met in this particular industry. Sure, sure. However, <laughs> it's possible that their need for security, you know, <clears throat> still exists, like especially if they have other people counting on them. If you're single and you have nobody uh, counting on you and you can, you know, live in your mother's basement for the next 10 years, great, then you're probably in a good position to do this. But those are some of the hard questions you might wanna ask yourself before going into this again and again and again. I think the hardest piece of this is that there's no quick fix. Uh, I get that people can make a lot of money in this business, but it's not gonna be a quick fix. Even those who have succeeded at it will tell you that there was a lot of pain, suffering, and cost along the way. And I don't mean just monetary costs. So the point is, Take, be honest with yourself. Like if it sounds too good to be true and your friend did it or some cool guy, you know, on the internet did it, doesn't mean you can do it because you may not have certain qualities that go into this discipline, uh, getting up really early, staying up really late, uh, not being social with people, living in your house, being focused on your three screens. These are qualities that not everybody's going to have. They may wish they had them, but it's not going to, it's not going to be as easy as it looks. And that is something that I would say, are you getting into it for all those sexy reasons, if you will? Let's have you look at the, the other reasons that are going to be there every day for you and be honest with yourself if you really have what it takes to deal with that. No, again, and a very good point, and I don't want to make the podcast depressing, but I'll just put this hypothesis, if I'm saying that correctly, through. Yeah. I mean, see, you've got these 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24-year-olds who think, I am not happy in my current situation. Not happy. Mm -hmm. I don't like my job. I'm not happy with my life. For whatever reason, I'm not getting enough stimulant. Mm -hmm. So they turn to the market, and they say, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to have this dream. But then as soon as they go to the market, they're in the mindset that if anything doesn't go their way, they're instantly going to think, I'm going to have to hold this. I'm going to have to try and make it work. And then it doesn't work. And then they get depressed and then they repeat the cycle. And it's almost, yeah. a, it's almost a journey of failure before it's even started. So how do you train those emotions? Because they're coming from a bad place and then they're approaching it the wrong way. You, you can't train your emotions because your emotions are your emotions. They're not right or wrong, but you want to notice that there is this cycle of thought. So it's, it's about noticing that you are always harder on yourself or that you don't give yourself much bandwidth. What is it? What could you do to set up that this becomes something that you get to see if you've got the skill set for? Could you keep a day job? Could you keep another um, revenue stream in? Uh, so that you can begin to dabble in this in a, in a way that doesn't put your whole financial uh, you know, savings at risk. There's ways that you can approach to see if this takes off. You can, you can do this off hours. <clears throat> you can, <clears throat> there's a whole bunch of stories of very famous people who had their day job for years and on the side did these side gigs to see if they had what it took. That's what I would say you do. Don't put all your chickens in one basket. Yeah, something I, I actually just recently did a, another podcast. I, I was a guest and, you know, and they're talking, they're really geared towards, I mean, absolute beginners. And one of my biggest points I made to them is I'm like, man, and these are young guys that, that, that host the podcast. I think they're 21 and 22. And I'm like, if any of you, please, to all of your listeners, you know, have some sort of security. I mean, if you're 20 years old and you're working at Starbucks, at least you got a paycheck coming in. I mean, I, I don't, don't put yourself, I mean, this is, this game is freaking hard enough to then put yourself in the situation where you got zero money coming in. And, and if you don't make 200 bucks or 500 bucks today, you don't eat. I mean, that, that Correct. please don't do that. Please don't do that. And that, and that would only, you know, that, that would be somebody, if somebody thinks that they're going to be the one outlier, 
then they're not in reality. They're in denial. And denial ain't just a river in Egypt, right? We know a lot of people who are in denial. And, and that is the most important piece of self-awareness. Like if you think you're going to be this one outlier, then you have to say, huh, that might be a little bit of grandiosity operating, right? So there's a balance between grandiosity and feeling like you're not worth anything. Those are usually two, two extremes, but two sides of the same coin. You are probably somewhere in the middle. And, and if you're not planning to be in this for the long haul, if you think you're going to just do a quick drive-by and get all the loot, you're mistaken. You can talk to any, you know, speculator and they're never going to tell you like, and even the ones that at the most height of success, like Victor Niedehofer, you, you hear his story in, you know, the education of speculator, it's a, it's a painful journey like he went through, like the highs and the lows. So you have to do some real emotional intelligence work on yourself. And if you already have uh, behavior and the habits that show you don't have a really long, uh, you know, fuse, then you really better question, is this the position for you? Is this the, the direction you want to go in? Um, and how do you increase that emotional intelligence or be able to stand in neutrality? The other book I want to throw out there too is Mike Martin's book, The Inner Voice of Trading. It's a great book for beginners. It's a short, easy, down-to-earth read about, again, stepping into neutrality. That book is, is really powerful as well. Um, and the Jason Pollock Ross, The Intuitive Investor, that one's a little bit more uh, academic and intellectual, but it's it, they're both really powerful books for traders. But, no, but I mean, I think I think one of the best takeouts I think you can give the listeners would be to say, if you could give someone advice for tomorrow, so the next time they set up at the market open, what process should they follow from end to end to improve their game over the longer time? Uh, I would say open up that morning with. Uh, some sort of check-in around how you're feeling and, and to see if you're down or you're feeling insecure in yourself, if, how, how can you not let that be what influences your day? Uh, if you're feeling really happy and positive and like everything's going your way, how do you not let that influence your day? Go into looking at your choices from as much neutrality as possible. Notice your tendency to want to, I really like this one, I think this is the one. Oh, look at that, I'm attached. If you're attached to that story, then you know you're potentially in danger. So look at where your attachments are, look at what the stories are that you have about it. Look at what's riding on that success or that you know betting against something. Look at the story behind it and then see if you can come out of it and observe yourself and say, well, isn't that what I always do? Isn't that fascinating? Do I want to, what if I did something different today? What would happen? What would give me potentially a different end result? Yeah. And, it, and I guess it's if you, if you get into a state of constant observation of yourself, you'll get better and better and better at it. And you'll also correct those negative pathways and make them positive pathways and turn a bad trader into a good trader. And that's holistically how it how I guess it works absolutely it's like a muscle you know you don't go to the gym and start doing a hundred crunches you start out with five or ten so start just watching yourself from a handful of places and that begins to develop over time where you become self-aware but it does take practice and it doesn't happen overnight so it, it's exactly now, one last quick tip, and then we'll wrap up here. What do you like? Like, so I know, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody. I, I, I again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a self improvement nerd, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But I, but I start a lot of things and don't let you know meditate. You know, I cryotherapy. You know, sauna. You know, I do a lot of these things. But yeah. then lots of times you get busy and you kind of fall off the wagon. Do you uh -huh. like? Do you put something in your calendar, you know, like three times a day to write this stuff down? Do you have any tip, you know, to kind of, you know, I think they always say it's like the 21 day magic habit building thing, yep. you know, yep. like how many times a day or, or set reminders, you know, how do you, how do you kind of do this? So, you know, I, you know, I'm a huge advocate of coaching. So I think having sure. a coach helps. Why? <laughs> because a a coach is an advocate and, and an accountability partner. So if, if you can hire a coach, great, because that, that's able to be somebody who's totally neutral and they don't have an agenda. They, they have your agenda. But if you can't, then at the very least, find somebody who's 
can be your accountability partner. Somebody who's like-minded, who can say, you know what, man, this is what I committed to today. And then you send each other an email. Like it just has to be in the subject line. I said, I'd go to the gym today. I went to the gym and that's it, you know? And then that sense of somebody holding you accountable, if you can't hold yourself accountable, but if you want to be a trader, I think you better better get really good holding yourself accountable as soon as possible. So, well, and, oh, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. I, I was just going to say, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book? What's in the book? Yeah. Why should people read the book? That's what I was just going to Okay. Kidding. So my <laughs> can, I, can I have a free copy of the book? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because you're asked so charmingly. Um, so my book is called Transforming Wall Street, A Conscious Path for a New Future. And it features 15 men and women who succeeded in finance with integrity, with a sense of their soul. Because I found that at after 2008, everybody was kind of being demonized that worked in finance. And uh, I knew such great people. I wanted them to have a spotlight. I felt like everybody was talking about the bad guys and nobody was talking about the good guys. And I knew a lot of them. So I thought, well, if I found these 50, then they would be sort of the lighthouses for those who do have a soul who, uh, I'm also very spiritual and I'm, I'm, you know, very pragmatic. I'm completely a capitalist but I'm a conscious capitalist. So what does that mean for me? That means I try to be aware of the impact. I want to make a profit, but not at the expense of the planet or of other people. Uh, and I, and I've, I run up reading Adam Smith because I, uh, had, because I went to Fashion Institute of Technology. I didn't have a, a rigorous uh, academic uh, education. So I thought, well, Adam Smith is the father of capitalism. Let me read him. And I read the theory of moral sentiments and was blown away. And what I learned is that Adam Smith actually was an advocate that yes, we, we you know, could be uh, somebody who's making a profit for ourselves, but we also had a moral obligation to our community. And that's something that I learned that very few people know about Adam Smith. So I interviewed these 50 men and women. Some are very famous, like Bill Ackman uh, and Jim Rogers. And I wanted to hear how did they succeed at making a lot of money while without, you know, kind of selling out or compromising their integrity. And those are the stories they share with me. And maybe final last question, how does spirituality and trading kind of interrelate to you? I mean, I, I, I'll, I just very quickly, I, I used to laugh at spirituality, I'll be very honest. So spiritual people, pfft. And, and then I took a mushroom shake in Thailand and I, I realized the joke was on me. And, uh, and I've said that before. It opened up a whole new door for me. And, and, um, and I'm a little bit spiritual as well. I mean, how, two questions. One, how does spirituality and trading interrelate? And two, if someone's interested in spirituality, how should they start learning more about it or, or taking those first steps? Yeah, it's, it's an excellent question. And c courageous you that you were willing to step out of your comfort zone to do something that expanded your, uh, you know, kind of view of the world and view of yourself. Was, I mean, I literally saw the, the center of the universe. It was like nothing I've ever imagined before. And, uh, and, and just to talk briefly on it, everyone as individuals has a lot of negative self-talk. When I experienced the size and the, the grandeur of the, the universe and the beauty, it made me realize that I was so insignificant compared to the, the size of the universe and its beauty that my negative talk actually didn't matter that much because I'm just a very small fragment of something so much bigger and more beautiful. Yeah. Well, Stephen, I would say that, yes, on one hand, you're very small, but also you are that whole thing that you saw. So you're both. And, and that's the, the fascination. Like, so your negative talk might be able to just kind of wash away, but everything you saw, not, you are that, you know, you saw yourself and yourself is transcendent of all that kind of small manini stuff, which is what we say in Hawaii for small. You got to see in that moment that this so much, we are all connected. We are all one in a way. And that would be that space of being enough. You know, so if, if a trader experiences what you experience, and, and I think we can all experience that. Sometimes it takes ayahuasca, sometimes it takes a mushroom shake, sometimes it takes just sitting on a, a, a pad, you know, every day sitting on a pillow and being still. But the stillness is not advocated. You know, we're really a culture that advocates doing. We are not a, a culture that advocates being and we are definitely human beings we are not human doings so if we're only doing all the time it's going to be really hard for us to connect to that which is bigger 
than us and is us. And I would say Joseph Campbell is the way to go. If you want to, if you want to be curious about spirituality, watch, uh, listen to the power of myth, uh, which is Bill Moyer's interview of Joseph Campbell, one of the greatest mythologists of all time, who talks about how we really are, uh, you know, beyond that which we can taste and touch. Uh, it, it's transformative. I watched it when I was uh, probably in my early 20s and it blew my mind away and it got me out of the dogmatism of religion and it got me into spirituality. Uh, plus he's an excellent storyteller and it's filmed at Skywalker Ranch. Uh, you know, uh, Star Wars was written based on Joe Campbell's book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. So, uh, you know, all the geeks out there that like Star Wars, let me tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll cut it before the dogmatism of religion. That'll upset 80% of the people that still believe in Adam and Eve in America. <laughs> well, well, what I would say, Kim, you know, number one, thank you. Number two, um, we went over so much. Um, I, would, I would love to have you back. Um, basically, I'm going to order your book today as soon as thank I get you. done. Um, I would, Stephen. I would, I would hope you get your free copy and 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 read it as well. And I would, man, because because again, a lot of the names in there, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a big reader. I love all this stuff. And you know, my goal to the listener out there is, I'd like to. We broke down books in the past. I would love to break down your book and then have you back. But uh, my, my I, book I think- speaks to how to be neutral, like how to step into neutrality. Cause the more the, a conscious path for new future is your conscious path. The more self-aware you become. And, the, and my book speaks to the five practices that help you become more self-aware that I saw was in common with all these 50 men and women. And that is ultimately what's going to help you become better as a trader because you're first of all, self-aware as a human being, that's where it begins. So yeah, I think we've got Stephen and I've got a bunch of homework. The listeners have a bunch of homework. So so Stephen, go ahead, go ahead and go ahead and take us out. But but thanks again, Kim. This Thank is you. way up there on my list, and okay. and I'm looking forward to checking out your book for sure. Cool. Thank you. No, no, for sure. Thank you so much, Kim, for what was an educational, but also in some ways enlightening interview. I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we do. I almost hope that everyone will consider just taking five minutes to, uh, to maybe sit and meditate and, and, and be that human being rather that, than that human doer. And, mm-hmm. uh, and as a final piece of advice for everyone, I'm sure on behalf of Kim, make sure you're sitting there in touch with your emotions when you, when you open that laptop and, you, and you're monitoring what's going on in your head and you're observing. Agreed, agreed. Just allow yourself to, to you know, have them and then you can find a way to cope with them. Perfect. Good stuff, man. I'm so excited, guys. Thanks for being so to earth and real. It was really fun. I had a really good time. <laughs> That's really cool. Fun. Me too. Me too. It was a lot of fun. One, okay. of the, one of the most fun ones. Yep. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. All right. So let's give your traders some uh, help of being in. And also check out on my website, or I can just email to you, that The Hour Between Dog and Wolf is the book that, so there's two studies on my website. They're like, you know, academic papers that talk about the the testosterone and hormones of traders and what happens to them when they're on a when they're on a you know great path and when they're on a bad path and what physiologically happens to them and i've actually partnered with a doctor you know what my dream is my dream is to have at every trading desk uh at every bank uh that guys will check their their hormone levels before the trading day because that will that can predict their success rate so I, I keep wanting to like take TRT. Are you saying that's a bad idea? What is TRT? Oh, that, that's, that's basically illegally boosting your testosterone. So. Oh, but yeah, yeah it is a bad idea. <laughs> I know, I'm joking. <laughs> and by the way, just so you know, I, ordered, I just ordered your book on Amazon and it said it was the last copy. So you got to restock. So okay, that's I got good. the last that's copy good. on Amazon. So. <laughs> Awesome. Good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah, the testosterone, if you read these two articles, you're going to see like the concept of testosterone is not always your friend. It is not always your friend. And the, okay. the emotional and physiology, you know, that this is part of why it's hard. Like emotionally, even if you do a prenup, you're going to still have a whole bunch of physiology fighting you and your prenup uh, if you're on a roll. 
uh, you know, or if you've had a, a, a lousy day, you know. Hi, this is Aaron, a.k.a. Double A Ron from New York City. And I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, SteadyTrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. (laughs) 